buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Today, I've got Christina Jaramillo. Did I, how did I do on that? <laughs> it's Jaramillo, but you did most of it. I love it. I love it. All right. I'd say I get like a C minus on that. Um, I but we're going we're gonna, to. We're, all right. Oh, wow. That's not bad. Better than I thought I was going to do. She's the president and founder over at Personal ABM. And while most marketers focus on getting accounts into the pipeline, Christina focuses on driving greater stage progression and accelerating high value deals to revenue, which is obviously why we brought her on the show today. And we've got some interest. We're going to dig into her story and we've got some interesting topics planned out that should be a ton of fun. Christina, welcome to Sales Transformation. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have conversations. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave me some some good topics to pick from, so I'm excited to dig in. It's not something that we've covered before, so it should be fun. Um, but before we get to that, just give us a little, you know, sh- story version of your story. You know, where did your revenue story start? Yeah, well, um, personal ABM has been around in an, for one iteration or another for. I 13 years now and what we've noticed from the start was the more personally you get to the actual individual as opposed to just the company the better the deal is if you're connecting with that human buyer i mean networking selling buying it's all pretty much the same thing connecting one-on-one um Mm. with people and if they can make that connection make it as personal and relevant to them um you know that's what we saw from the beginning on LinkedIn back when it was in its infancy, like trying to get business and sales that way. And we're kind of doing traditional marketing as usual. It wasn't very, you know, just kind of using digital. It wasn't personal. It was more the mass, more the pipeline. And then we saw that what was really working was getting relevance and not even just to the person, but what's in organization, in their industry, in their role, as much as micro level as you can get, we're making better connections. You're able to have a different selling conversation and it's kind of evolved from there uh, about five six years ago we kind of adopted the challenger selling model and adapted it to linkedin because we saw a lot of people weren't using it and it's it's one of those controversial uh, approaches because it can be a little rough and off-putting if you're not using it correctly but kind of just realizing that meshing different ways and different approaches and kind of connecting and being one-on-one with someone um, it's kind of gone from there. And we, what we do is we really, or what I've learned is that 
anything that we do as a business, we've kind of tested on ourselves first for a proof of concept and kind of make it better and hone in, optimize it, perfect it. And then we run that same kind of process for our customers. And, you know, it works really great for us. It works for, you know, our typical clients are B2B and they're selling higher end deals. So that's, you know, what we found works for that industry. It might not work for everyone, but. Mm. And so tell me a little bit, like when you say personalized and, you know, this one-to-one, right, which, which is harder to scale, which is why most people are concerned of, you know, maybe not going in on that or not paying attention to this sort of approach, even though they should be, right? Because they're more focused on quantity versus quality. What's the argument, you know, to focus more on these personalized one-to-one uh, approach approaches in selling? All right. So I get the one-to-one ABM, you know, because it's ABM one-to-one. There's that one-to-few and one-to-many. And I one-to-one, I totally agree. It's not scalable. But what you learn in those mini conversations, those mini interactions, mm. what you learn to change those sales and marketing motions, you scale mm. to the one-to-few and one-to-many. And they'll just optimize those programs better. I mean, you're always going to have your organizations. You usually have, you know, salespeople that are targeting these bigger accounts, these larger enterprise accounts. So if you can help them with that one-to-one, whatever works for them can be scaled down to your and your BDRs and your AEs and hopefully marketing will, and they should be helping you along the way because this is not a kick it over the fence and have fun with it type of thing. This is a, a partnership hand in hand, you know, we're on the same team, red goal type of thing. Um, and I get it, one-on-one isn't scalable, but if you can choose maybe a dozen, two dozen accounts to kind of run with it as a test, you'll see that the results that you get are great. And then the lessons that you learn again can be applied to this. Yeah, I love that because, um, and I often talk about this like from a podcast perspective, right? Because one of the things that sellers and marketers are often told to do is like get to know your customers, hang out where they hang out, read the books they read, you know, go to networking things that they do to speak their language or whatever. And I love the idea of like having a podcast, having conversations, having those one-to-one conversations with these people. And some people are like, yeah, you know, but that's, that's not going to help me achieve all my goals. And it's absolutely right. It's not, but the knowledge the things that you learn in those conversations carry over to every other sales and or marketing activity that you're involved in thereafter. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting because that's kind of what we apply our podcast to. We have one too, but people will be like, first question is, how many listeners do you have? How many downloads? And I'll tell you those stats, but they're not going to be what you think they're going to be. Um, because if you pay attention to who I'm interacting with, I'm either interacting with people that I want to do business with or want to do business down the line or people that I know have a bigger audience themselves. So will help me grow a little bit. So it's a combination of both. You use it as another selling tactic. It's not just reach. It's not just brand awareness. It's if you can interweave it with that. Plus is the fact it's on a selfish, from a selfish perspective, I get to learn so much by talking to these people <laughs> Yeah, that it's like, I learned so much in these conversations that I wouldn't necessarily learn on my own or reading a book. So I, I love it. Yeah. I mean, you, you get to, you get to understand the people beyond just their industry, their title um, and being a prospect. Right. And, 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 and you can ask them any question you want, any question you want. 
And the things that you learn there go into every other conversation or every other initiative, which which I love about it. Um, so okay, so the so basically, if somebody's trying to let's say somebody is just does not have like a account based marketing approach at all, where do they get started? So typically, when I'm I'm talking to like salespeople, maybe on the you know either new or just kind of trying to expand, I always say increase your relevance. If you, whatever platform you're on, I'm just gonna use LinkedIn as an example because that's the one I love and use all the time. Yeah. Be more relevant. Like I can't even tell you, and I'm sure you agree with me, that when you go to maybe 95% of salespeople's profiles, it talks about the president's club, the quota, the, yeah. you know, um, you know, the the sales that they've well, achieved. But yeah. I get it and I understand. But if you're I'm a prospect and I see that. I'm not going to want to connect with you because I'm going to be like, oh, no, they're going to hit me within two seconds of connecting with let's get me on a demo. Let's get me on a sales call. Show me some value. And you kind of pre-frame it. And it's awesome because you can skip that step of kind of if I was going to prospect you and I was able to call, I kind of pre-framed you with maybe my profile or content that I can send you and not have to to build that I call building credibility, saying why we're so great, saying why you should listen to me. You You can do it up front steps save some time yeah yeah. so yeah so basically what i hear you saying is like linkedin is the best place for like a seller to have an abm strategy right but the problem is is that most people are doing it wrong it's all about me my accomplishments what i've done you know president's club this that the other i mean there's there's some people obviously that are doing it right uh, but there's still a lot of people that are still, you know, connecting and pitch slapping you with something about that you don't even care about. In most cases, it's not even relevant to you. Oh, that's my um, favorite. But the thing is, is what I think most people don't realize as sellers is how you're using LinkedIn and how optimized your profile is or isn't. It really can work against you if you're not careful. Absolutely. And even if you're not using LinkedIn as a platform to sell, let's say, if you know that you're going to have a selling conversation or some kind of meeting with someone, a lot of times people will Google your name. And one of the things that come up is LinkedIn, or they'll search you on LinkedIn and they'll look at it and they'll say, are you talking all about yourself and your organization? Are you talking about yourself in the third person? Are you just saying about, you know, revenue, revenue, revenue? Are you changing my mind? Are you making me look at my problems a different way? Are you going to give me value once I connect with you or getting, like you said, that pitch slap stuff that happens on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And and if the answer is no to all of those things, a <laughs> couple things. One, they may not accept your connection request. Let's say they, you know, maybe you fooled them and they accepted your connection request. Probably not going to reply to the next message. Right. Um, or, you know, they're not going to book that meeting, right? Because you've basically, you've, you've basically ruined your chance. That first impression matters, right? And if you're somebody who's, and and this is why it drives me nuts. And so many people do this, um, that, you know, seller, and and I get it. If you are a seller and you sell into sellers, okay. Posting sales content makes sense, right? Maybe your SaaS product, that is for sellers. And so, you know, posting content that's beneficial to sellers makes sense. Okay. But that's, that's only, you know, certain people, but you see so many sellers posting sales content and it's like, you don't sell to sellers. Why are you doing this? Not relevant. Yeah. 
It, yeah, it maybe an occasional something, but like your whole content strategy is around sales content and you're getting sellers to engage with your content who are not your buyers. What are we doing? I think another thing that I've seen is that a lot of people are really like campaign focused. So they're focusing on mass sending out messages. If you know, we're putting stuff into sales law, we're putting stuff into outreach and we're just worrying about cadences, cadences. So like, you know, going for reach is what sales and marketing love to do. And I think, you know, that, that can kind of shoot you in the foot because it, obviously it needs to be done. But if that's all you're doing and not focusing on that interaction that you're having or the experience that you're delivering with your prospect audience or even like your network, I think yeah. you're leaving money on the table, especially for your tier ones um, or, you know, the, the perfect ICP that are in market, that are showing um, interest, that are showing intent, and you're just kind of mass messaging them. You're treating them like everyone else. So it's kind of, it leaves a lot to be desired from the buyer's perspective. Yeah. And so, and, and so if that is, you know, kind of where you're at, right, then there's some more of that one-to-one work that needs to be done to cater the messaging and the approach, you know, at a little bit more scale um, based on what you learn in those one-to-one interactions. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if you're just a salesperson that doesn't have the capacity for running an ABM program or, you know, account-based selling program, or you're not getting the support that you need for marketing, besides speaking up um, for what you do need as, as a uh, seller, I think mixing what you're saying is that one-to-one kind of content that's maybe, you know, your ICP is one, a couple of industries and you're just sending, you're sending content to just one industry. So that's a little more talk. And then you can put your personal twist on it. So if you're selling, uh, sharing a white paper on, you know, someone that works in SaaS and you put your spin on it, that would be really relevant to a couple of key accounts that you're looking to engage with, then that's a, that's a kind of account-based approach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little more scalable, a little more doable for an individual versus someone that might have more support. And so how can, how can sellers, you know, make a case, you know, how can they, you know, account-based um, enablement, you know, how can sales teams start asking for this and, you know, start to, you know, get a strategy from the revenue team that, you know, could, could work if this is not something that's, you know, um, being done within their organization. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's harder for people that are maybe lower on the totem pole, but if you can get your salesperson to kind of speak up and talk to marketing and tell them, you know, we really need account profiles on our tier one ICPs, um, you know, that are named accounts, not just, you know, they fit this criteria. So named account profiles and show, you know, this info should show like insights into what's going on in that organization. So it'll be easier for that seller to connect the dots between where that target company is now, where their strategic priorities are maybe for the next 12 to 18 months, where do they wanna go? What problems are they having? What are they thinking? And then you can kind of weave in focusing on departmental needs, individual wants and needs, and it'll make your job as a seller so much easier. And then, you know, if you can't get account profiles for everyone, you can kind of maybe use them for other organizations to get a little more insight, just a little more relevance. And that helps with the relevance because I know it's very hard um, as a seller when you're trying to, you know, get so much done. 
And I think you also as a seller need to ask marketing for content that is relevant to these target accounts, not content that is brand awareness or speaking at accounts, account, actual content that is making that connection with those target accounts. And you know, one great way to do this is in case studies. And I've seen that a lot of the case studies that sales is being provided by marketing are like building credibility, you know, saying we did X and achieved Y but they're not really telling a story in the, you know, a study that, you know, sales is what they, that's what they really need. They need these stories to teach for differentiation, which is part of the challenger sale um, and teach editors against the status quo. Why is it that we should even switch? Because usually these switches are really painful, but mm. the pain of not switching, if you can show that it's obviously more painful, it'll be a, um, easier for them. And then, Content forum marketing needs to be for specific selling conversations. Like what do we need to talk about with this particular account or this group of accounts? What are those internal conversations that we need to have or that are being had without us that we can fuel it, whether it's with content or with um, other pieces of information? You know, like when we do a win-loss analysis of working with clients, we find that they're most of the time where they're losing, most of the deals are because those internal conversations are not being, you know, not going in their favor. Like their, their champion or their mobilizer isn't able to get that internal consensus. And it's because, you know, there wasn't that content to make that happen and to help it and make them um, win for you internally. And, and that's what I mean when sales and marketing need to actually work together instead of marketing just focusing on just pipeline and what are we gonna do to fill that pipeline? Because if it trickles down, into nothing at the end, then you can fill it as much as you want. And what's the point? I mean, you're, you're, I guess you're hitting MQLs, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so let's look at it from maybe like a little bit of a different angle, right? Okay. So here's how to, you know, go to your revenue team, go to your marketing team to sort of, you know, fight for, you know, uh, the content that you need, you know, to really implement, you know, an ABM strategy, um, but let's say you, you, you fight that fight and you lose, right? You don't yeah. get it approved. It's not a focus. There's other priorities. Who knows? Um, can sellers do this on their own? Like, can they have a content strategy, an ABM content strategy um, without the support of marketing? Yeah. I mean, I think you can do it as a sales team. You're going to definitely need, yeah. um, it, it's, it's going to be more than a one person job. But if you can say as a team of sellers say, you know, we have these top 10, top 20 accounts that we really want to penetrate, we know they're going to be our biggest yeah. um, revenue deal sizes, then you can kind of see what you can do as a team with what the content you already have maybe and tweak it to that. Yeah. Or if maybe you need to create um, a, a webinar that has a bunch of salespeople on it for just the manufacturing sector or just um, you know, B2B SaaS sector, whatever it is that you're trying to serve and try to do it that way. And content doesn't have to necessarily be written. We're doing, we're creating content right now with this podcast. So you right. can do a webinar, you can do like a round table where you get some of your top uh, prospects or even top um, customers to come on and say, you know, what are the challenges they're having so that you can sit, share that story with other organizations that are probably having similar challenges and it's going to be relevant and um you know it'll be on a smaller scale obviously but if you can get your foot wet 
and justify that, then maybe when you show the results to marketing, they'll be more um, accommodating down the line. Yeah, I mean, maybe even dipping your feet, you know, dipping your toe in the water with something with the sales team prior to that could be beneficial, right? And I'm even thinking of just individual sellers, maybe small organization, um, creating the content th themselves, right? Like sellers have the ability to create content. You know, it's, it's easier than it used to be. Even if it's just written text content. I mean, right? it doesn't have you to get, be really long. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned case studies, right? Well, you know, I think case studies are good um, when they're done right, <laughs> which in a lot of cases they're not, which you, you mentioned as well, right? Um, but even just telling a story as an individual seller on your LinkedIn profile from something you learn from a prospect or, yep. you know, a discovery call or, you know, a journey of, you know, how your prospect was the hero because this particular thing happened when you work together. Like you can take information from the conversations that you're having and turn them into stories, which is content, whether it's written or video or whatever the case is to do this and to have a message that's going to be relevant to the people you want to work with. Yeah, and you're taking a stance. And once you create that piece of content, you can repurpose it and share it with other people. And, you know, you can share it, maybe put it integrated into your outreach or your sales off cadences and, and make sure it's only going to people that are super relevant or it's relevant to. I mean, there's ways of doing it. It doesn't have to just be the age old boring blog post or, yeah. you know, that white paper that no one reads because it's 50 pages or something <laughs> stupid like that. Do people um, still do white papers? Do people still do white papers? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I see them and I see product sheets all the time and I'm like, I don't really. I, I, don't I, I never really understood the white papers. I think, you know, when people started doing that, I was like, do people actually read these? No, I think unless it's like your job somehow, maybe if you're a Gartner analyst or you work for Forrester, you have to read them, but that's a different, yeah. like the everyday person, I don't think so. And it's always just about the company and the product. So it's like, cares yeah like yeah yeah and I, I think another thing that sellers can do with this account-based um kind of strategy is really focus on tearing out their targets because I, I can't i don't know how if you've seen a lot but i've seen people that treat a smaller potential client this when selling mm -hmm. to them marketing to them as they would someone who could be like a huge whale like i don't understand why you're not giving the bigger person or the bigger company, the attention that they deserve versus putting the smaller into that one-to-many kind of campaign focus. That's another yeah. thing that people have to think about too. Yeah. And it works, it works against you on both ends of it, right? It could be, you know, not spending enough time with the larger potentials, right? And then on the flip side, spending too much time, um, you know, with, with, with the, you know, uh, smaller size opportunities. Yeah. And so it's, getting it's, really good at qualifying, you know, who are we best to work with? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's more than saying, all right, they're in manufacturing or they have a hundred sellers or whatever. It's, it's getting down to maybe as like personally, and ourselves we're working really hard to almost disqualify accounts mm, because we're saying what what's the red flag that we're seeing is it that they're too focused on another initiatives and they won't be able to focus on us for another 12 to 18 months so we yeah. can put them on a recycled type of um yeah. 
circuit. Um, or, you know, it, because I've seen that I'm even when we're, we have qualified them initially and then through the buying process, there were red flags that we just ignored and we wasted our time and kind of spun mm -hmm. our wheels. That's a really important point, right? Because I think so many times, you know, revenue teams can get so focused on, you know, who their target is, who their perfect ICP is, right? Um, who their perfect customer profile is, like here's who we should be working with, that they don't spend enough time identifying who should we not be working with. Okay, we understand who we should be working with, but what red flags, what priorities, you know, what things do we know or have we learned through our experience that we know this is going to, you know, lengthen the sales cycle significantly um, or we have a or the, the, the possibility of this actually becoming a close one opportunity is, you know, significantly lower because of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes back to people saying, you know, our ICP is X, Y, Z, but, you know, even if you have your ICP down and you're just targeting people that fit that, you're going to have different deal sizes as well. So that goes back to like tiering those accounts to make sure, you know, within all those deals are going to be different profitability levels and um, different deal sizes. So you got to make sure that you're spending the right time and using it well on the accounts that actually matter. I'm not saying obviously ignore the smaller accounts because obviously, obviously a bunch of those are going to equal a larger account, but don't spend it all um, on those smaller accounts and then ignore the bigger ones. The more balanced you can be or try to be, I know it's never going to be perfect. I think the better results are going to be. Yeah. And, and then tell me, like, what are you seeing? Like, why is it that a lot of, you know, ABM, you know, account-based sales programs underperform? So I think what it is, is that it's more of the same account-based, like typical marketing or selling conversations as usual, but maybe we're just doing it a little targeted, more targeted. So instead of sending it to a thousand people, we're maybe sending it to 800 people. Um, it's still that campaign focus, that campaign mindset. Mm -hmm. um, instead of delivering or focusing on those interactions or the experiences that you're delivering, you're kind of leaving the person out of it or the, the individual human out of it. And what I've seen is that a lot of ABM or ABS strategies are not changing the They're kind of just using a different tool set with the same approaches. And it's really, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you have to have top down buy-in for too. So like if a, a marketing team or a sales team said they want to run account based, if they don't have senior level buy-in, it's much harder and it's not going to be as successful. And I think that's why a lot of them underperform. Um, and it goes back to just putting in mass messaging through our, our campaigns and our cadences, um, you know, and not working as sales and marketing, working at the beginning of the buyer's journey, as opposed to maybe working together at the end or even in the middle, you got to work from the beginning all the way to, to start, all the way to close. Because if, if there's a huge deal that sales has and they need a little bit of marketing support, there's no reason that you can't just jump in there and give it to, to close that deal. So it's not just like, we gave you that pipeline, it's full, have fun with it. We're, we're going to actually help you so that they don't go cold. Um, you know, make sure that each social or email or live conversation is tailored for relevance, getting back to challenger, teaches for differentiation and teaches against the status quo because I, what I've seen is that a lot of people are trying to teach again, 
you know, they're either outdated or legacy solutions or platforms or tools or just doing things the way we've always done them. And, you know, change is kind of expensive and change is kind of annoying. And but if we can, like, show you why the need to change will be better in the long run, then you're changing the conversation entirely as opposed to just talking about pain points for your um, the personas that you're to. Yeah. And I think the key, like, is what you mentioned, right, is staying consistent with that throughout the whole sales process, right? Not just in the very beginning. And then, you know, as it gets further along, it's a very different conversation and approach and, you know, no longer, you know, teaching in that way that you were in the beginning of the sales process. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much, Christina, for coming on. I really enjoyed this. is a, This was a fun topic uh, that we haven't covered before, so I really enjoyed it. Any final thoughts and where can people, you know, connect and get into your world? Uh, final thoughts would be to just make sure that everything you're doing is as personal as you can get. Um, I know that's going to be difficult in every stage, but the more personal, mm. the more relevant to the individual, the better chance you have of engagement. Um, and, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. I live there. And check out our a site, personalabm.com. It's in the process of getting revamped, but it's still up there for now. Yeah. And uh, that, that's it. Make sure when you connect with me, though, that it's a relevant connection, not just like connect. And so personal. And, and personal. personal. Yeah. <laughs> as personal as it can be. Personal. Personal. <laughs> but not too personal. <laughs> not creepy. <laughs> uh, well, Christina, thanks so much for coming on. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review. Share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And as always, I'm listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop me a voice DM, and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad and I might even give you free access to our best templates.